scripture we started last week, we'll, we'll start in verse number 6 and read through verse number 12. Uh, the vessel is what we're going to preach about this morning, three simple points. But, but as we look at this, uh, we'll jump right into the story halfway through uh, the wedding. So let's just, let me just bring you up to speed what's going on, what's taking place here. For those of you that weren't able to uh, be with us last week, and that's fine. But uh, Jesus and his disciples are attending a wedding, and they, they run out of drink. And they need some more to drink. So Mary comes to Jesus and says, Hey, Mary, uh, we need some more to... Uh, Jesus, Mary comes to Jesus and says, Hey, we need some more to drink. We need something. They've ran out. And Jesus looks at her and he says, My hour is not yet come. And uh, Mary turns and looks at the servants who were there with her and says, Listen, uh, do whatever he tells you to do. And uh, then Jesus turns and and uh, he turns, and this is where we are, this is where we'll enter the text this morning. So here we are, uh, whatever, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And uh, that's where we stopped last week. But now Jesus takes, comes on the scene, and Jesus gives some instruction. Uh, Jesus has a miracle, and, uh, or does his first miracle recorded in the scripture. And as we read in, in verse number 11, I believe it is verse number 11, uh, this was his first miracle that he performed uh, here for people to see. So let's, we've got our Bibles, we've got them open, let's all stand if you can, and let's read together chapter number 2 and verse number 6 just to get us going here this morning. John chapter 2 and verse number 6, the Bible says, And there were set there six water pots of stone uh, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted of, tasted of the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was. Hmm? He didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand that that was water in the pot because he saw them fill them up. But when they reached in there with that cup to fill up his cup, he didn't understand he wasn't drinking water, okay? So he says, I don't even know what, what, where's, whence this coming, where's this coming from? But the servants which drew the water knew. They knew what they were grabbing out of that vessel. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth the good wine, which men have, uh, have dr uh, well drunk, um, that then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. He said, wait a minute, fellas. He said, I don't know what's going on here, but when you do a wedding, I'm telling you, you bring out the good stuff first, and at the end you bring out the bad stuff so people go home. We don't want them sticking around a long time, so at the end we'll bring out the bad stuff so they'll start, nah, that ain't no good no more, let's go home. But here comes at the end, here comes Jesus bringing the water and turns it into wine. And they said, whoa, this is the good stuff. 
You, you brought us the good stuff last. Now, verse number 10. Oh, verse number 11, sorry. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Look, I'm going to tell you, one of the most exciting verses of Scripture is anytime you will read the Scripture where it says, and they believed on him, or they believed, and they believed, and they believed. Look, the most important decision a person will ever make in their life is the day that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the answer for only salvation. That day, when you believe, you guys can be seated. John chapter number 3, verse number 16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, what? Believeth. Whoever believe, if you believe, if you believe, there has to come a day in your life when you believe. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 13, he says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever will believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, not Buddha, huh? not Allah, but the Lord Jesus Christ, when you believe on His name, then you can be saved. And only then can you be saved. We're not all, hey, look, I'm going to tell you this, we're not all gathering here on earth. We're all going to meet in the sky one day. You believe like you want to believe and you believe like you're going to believe. We're just all going to meet in the sky, honey. That's not how it works. You believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So one day, all of them will bow to him. There needs to come a day when you believe if I'm talking to you this morning and you've never believed, you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for, for salvation. When I walk to a light switch and I flip that light switch up, do you know what I'm trusting that light switch to do? Is to turn on the light. And if I didn't want that light switch on, I wouldn't go to the light switch. But look, I'm going to tell you, there needs to be a day in your life when you went to the light switch, when you went to God and said, I believe you are the answer for salvation, not how good I am, not what church I belong to, not the good works that I've done and the good deeds that I've done and the old ladies that I've helped out and helped them cross the street and not the groceries that I helped somebody with, not doing good deeds, but in Jesus Christ, there has to be the day when you believed on His name and His name alone. And that's what took place here. They came to Him. They saw Him do this miracle. The first miracle of Jesus and they said, hey, he's the one we've got to believe in. I'm going to tell you, he's the one today that you need to believe in. If you're trusting in who you are or where you're from, what church you belong to to take you to heaven, I'm sorry, but you will be very disappointed when your time is away. Uh, one way 
That's why Jesus saith unto them in John chapter 14, he said, I am a way. Is that what he said? He said, I'm one of the ways. He said, I'm the way. Not one of the ways. The way. Broad is the way to destruction. And narrow is the, not a, not one of the ways, but the way. One way. And that is Jesus. And when they believed, they weren't believing anybody else. They were believing on Jesus Christ. So just by, just by way of introduction, I'll get to the sermon in just a minute. Just by way of introduction, who do you need to believe in? you've never put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ you need to do that today now let's move on to the sermon how about that is that good now you guys can't turn around and look at the clock and say he's not done yet <clears throat> the clock messed up we may not put it back <clears throat> look so number one as way of sermon we see the order you say, what do you mean, the order? Look in verse number 6. The Bible says, And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, <coughs> containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said unto them, he said, what? He said, fill the water pots. Fill the water pots. Fill the water pots. Now, just so you can grab a hold of what's taking place here, three firkins. Three firkins is in between, anywhere between 17 to 25 gallons of water. Six water pots at 17 to 25 gallons of water is upwards to 150 gallons of water. But Jesus said, he, he said, I want you to fill the water pots. Now watch. Now they didn't go to the outside faucet and run a water hose. All right. I got the nozzle ready. Go ahead. Turn it on. And they began to fill up those water pots with the water hose. That's not what took place. They didn't run inside and grab a five-gallon bucket and, and fill it up from the water faucet inside. They had to go to the well. Huh? They had to go to the, the well where the only place that you can draw the water from if you get my drift. There's only one place to draw water. There's only one place you can find living water, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And they had to go to the well. And so just imagine with me, how many times would they have to fill a five-gallon bucket full to reach 150 gallons? So here they are, running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off, trying to figure out how are we going to fill up 150 gallons worth of water in these buckets. But the order was, fill the water pots. Now, these servants, look in verse number 7, he said, fill the water pots with water. Now, if you'll notice the next statement here, it says, hey, we don't have anything to fill it with. Is that what they said? Uh, I don't know where to find a bucket. He, he, they didn't look at Jesus and say, well, well, where am I going to get the water from? Uh, well, how am I going to do that? Or what am I going to do? No, no, no. The Bible says, and they filled the water pots to the brim. Do you know what that means? 
there wasn't any more water getting in, and there wasn't any more water they could possibly put into the water pots. You ever filled something to the brim? I have, I have three little girls, and sometimes they like to take baths. And uh, sometimes Daddy doesn't go in there and make sure that they've got the water right. Well, a couple of times they've brought it to the brim, if you know what I mean. And they're like, that better not go any higher, because if so, we got water everywhere. Don't move an inch because the water's coming over top. These men, they were given an order, and the order was fill the water pots, and they went immediately to fill the water pots. They didn't question Jesus. They didn't ask him how come. They didn't ask him why. They didn't say, I don't understand why you want water. Did, she, did your mother not tell you that we needed wine? Did your mother not tell you that we needed grape juice? And you're running around telling us to get water? What's the, what's the reasoning in all this? No, those women, those servants, those men, hey, they looked at each other and said, all right, let's get it done. And they went to running back and forth to the well. I don't know how many times, how many trips they had to come, but I can tell you one thing, a five-gallon bucket full of water is heavy. Unless you're a big, strong man, you ain't carrying more than one or two of them at a time. I don't know too many people that can carry two buckets of five gallons of water, huh? Come on. Who's doing that with me? Anybody in here? Weightlifters, bodybuilders, we got any of those in here that's doing the five at a time? Ah, uh -huh. that's me. Mm -hmm. All right. Think about that. How long did it take for them to fill them water pots up? Now, once you notice something else in this text, do you see their names written in here? Who filled the water pots? Who filled the water pots? They're nameless. They're nameless people. You know what sometimes God uses? Nameless people. Aren't you glad about that? The servants just were people that were unnamed. God, watch, God will use anybody that will allow him to use them. Doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter how upstanding of a good citizen they, people may think that you are. We need to all be involved with the service of the Lord. The Lord gave them a command, and they went. How many times have we read in the Scripture, and ah, that's not that big of a deal, I'll catch that later. I think if we take that out, we, we, we can take that out, and, and uh, we'll, we'll deal with that later. Why? Why water, Jesus? They didn't question him. They didn't ask him, why, why water? but they filled it to the brim all the way to the top. They gave all they could. Now, they filled it up. I want you to think about this text. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse number 20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. What does that scripture mean? That means that there's somebody <coughs> that's working on the behalf of you that is working exceedingly, abundantly above that which you 
good atmosphere. Jesus, why did you need water? Why do you want me to fill this bucket full? Why do you want me to fill this pot full? Because God is working on the behalf of you exceedingly above which you could ask. You may not be able to understand. You may not begin to uh, believe. Or you may not even, well, whatever. That's how sometimes we act when God tells us to do things. But God begins to work exceedingly above that which we could ask. Hmm? Did they need? Why is it so important that Jesus Christ fulfilled this command? Why is this so important that Jesus Christ helped these people out at the wedding? There was just a need of something to drink. It wasn't like they were dying. It wasn't like there was a major crisis going on. It wasn't like that, that, that if he didn't step in, oh, man, it just was going to get bad. No, if he didn't step in, they just were going to be without drink. So it wasn't, that is something else to know as well, that as big as your problem as you think it is or as small as a problem as you think it is, it's not too small for God to care about. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just something to drink at a wedding. But Jesus thought it of the utmost importance that he would perform his first miracle at a wedding. Uh, it's just, it, it's menial. It don't mean anything. There's nothing too big or nothing too small for you to ask and talk to God about. Nah, he don't care about that small thing. I'm, sad, I'm, I'm here to tell you that he does care about it. He does care about it. We see the order. Number two, we see the outpour. The outpour of what? Look in verse number eight. And he saith unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. So this governor of the feast, he was kind of like in charge. He was the one that was making sure everything was going right. Everything was, everything was in place like a wedding planner, making sure that everything was taking place on that wedding day. They took it to the governor of the feast, and, and they got him something to drink. And look what he says in verse number 10. And he saith, un, he saith unto him, every man at the beginning doth serve, set forth good wine, but when... And when men have well drunk, that which is worse, thou hast kept the good wine until now. What was the outpour? The outpour of praise to who? Who was he praising here? Who was he giving honor to? He was giving honor to somebody who needed honor. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he looked at that water and he said, I watched y'all take them buckets back and forth. I saw y'all fill that to the brim. I mean, it was so much water in there, you wasn't getting no more in there. Uh, Someone was even spilling on the floor they put in so much. And he saw that take place. And so when he sees it, he begins to praise God for what he has done. Now, now you say, well, what about me? I, I have an order. I've been given a command. There's things that I need to do. There's things that I need to accomplish. There's things that I need to do for God because he's told me to. But when I've seen God work and I've watched the mighty miracle be done, then I need to have an outpour of praise unto God. Praise Him for what He's done. And what has He done for me? I'm going to tell you what He did for you. What did He do for me? He saved my soul from hell. And if that's it, then that's good enough. That's enough to praise God for the rest of my life. If nothing ever good ever happens to me again, I'm saved like a drowning man pulled from the sea. I'm saved by God's grace. And let me tell you, just so you know, when you get saved, guess what? I never, 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 never touch in hell because of what He did for me. 
So who deserves praise? He does. An outpour of praise because of the miracle that he's performed in my life. Too many times, Christians, we don't praise him enough. Enough. We always try to we always want to find the negative rather than the positive. Are you a half full half full kind of guy? Half empty or half full? Is it half empty or is it half full? Are you pessimistic, optimistic? What are you? Oh, man, here it goes again. Whatever, okay. Let's find things to complain about. Or you're the opposite side. Man, I can think of all these good things that are taking place right now. Let's talk about them. What are you? Are you a realist, huh? I'm a realist. Ultimately, we need to get to a place where we need to outpour praise to God for what he's done. I want you to go home today, and I want you to make a list of all the things that God has done for you. How long would that list be? Because when he came down the road, he said, well, wait a minute, guys. You understand what's taking place here? He said, I I've done many of these feasts before. He said, ain't nobody, ain't nobody ever brought out the good stuff at the end. Everybody brings out the good stuff at the beginning. But here comes Jesus, and he brought out the good stuff. Now, number three. Number three, we see the outcome. What's the outcome? We see the order, we see the outpour, we see the outcome, and I'm, verse number six. He says, six water pots of stone, three firkins apiece. Six, three, two to three firkins apiece. Verse number 11. Verse number 11, and thou hast kept the good wine until now. Verse number, verse number, I'm sorry. Verse number 7, and they filled it to the rim of the brim. Verse number 12, this beginning of miracles did Jesus of Canaan of Galilee manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. I'm going to tell you this. The outcome came when somebody decided to give their vessel to the Lord. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean this. There was an outcome that would way outweigh anything else that could have been done that day. See, as the governor of the feast said, most people serve the, you know, they have the good at the beginning, and it starts off good, and then at the end, it's no good. But you've given the best. You've saved the best for last. He turned the water into something that was useful for the wedding. Now, he can take your life. It may not be good at the beginning, but by the end, it's where God wants it to be. Now, just like the wedding day, they served subpar wine to begin with, but when Jesus came along, he brought out the good stuff. If you'll trust him, he'll take care of our lives. He'll bring out the best that is Hey, I, I'm going to say this. As a Christian, my life as I live for him, the best 
is yet to come. Neil, you want to live your life for the devil? The best ain't yet to come, honey. The best is not yet to come. At that wedding, normally they serve at the beginning the good stuff and the bad stuff at the end. I'm going to tell you, you want to serve your life for the devil? The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Now, I've got this handled. The Bible says sin, watch, sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. You think that you can get away with sin and live in your sin and do what you want and have what you will and I'll get away with it. No one will ever find out. One, to be sure your sin will find you out. But then as the Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. But as the Bible says, when sin is finished, death's coming. When sin's done, it's going to bring death. That's why the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. Every single person in this room, guess what? We all have an end date. We all have an expiration date. Every one of us will die. And that's because of sin. But as a Christian, there will be things that will die in your life if you want to live in sin and do your own thing. Hey, I've got this handled. I, I, I can handle my own pot. Look, and that's what could have taken place that day. They could have said, Jesus, get out of here. You're telling us to fill it with water. You have no idea what we need. We need something better than water to drink around here. No, Jesus comes in. They say, yes, sir, let's do it. And he filled the pots with water. And at the end of the day, it was filled with the good stuff to drink because that fulfilled the miracle in which Jesus did. And I'm going to tell you, if you will trust Christ here and now, you say, well, it doesn't make sense. Well, it doesn't, I don't understand. And look, everything in your life you may not be able to pinpoint and understand and, uh, and know every step of the way, but if you will trust Christ, at the end of the day, the best is yet to come. But if you want to trust Satan and live in your sin and do your own thing and live your own way and I've got this handled, I'll handle it, I'll figure it out, you go ahead. And at the end of the day, that only will bring death in your life. And here's the greatest thing. It's your choice. It's your choice. Everybody living in this, everybody in this room today, it's your choice. You can choose the best is yet to come or you can choose death. That's your choice. I don't know about you, but I want my life to get better. And anybody who's been saved a good period of time, anybody who's had Christ as their personal, asked Christ to be their personal Savior years later, do you know what, they, do you know what, they, do you know what they've gone on to say at the end of their life? Man, that was the worst decision I ever made. You think, that, you think that's true? The best decision I ever made was when I bowed beside my mother's I, I bent to my knee at my mother's bed and I asked Christ to save me. That was the best decision I ever made in my life. And if you've ever done that, you, I would hope and pray that you would say the same. But if you've never done that, then you don't have that best is yet to come. I want the best to come in my life. Do you want the best to come in your life? Trust Christ. Hey, I don't understand why he's doing with my water pot. You may not understand what he's doing with your vessel, but he's got it under control. He knows what he's doing. So, I'm going to ask this and I'm going to be done. Which one will you choose? 
What will you choose? It's up to you. God is not God is God has given every single person the spirit of free will. Your choice. If that's the way you want to choose, then that's up to you. Christ doesn't force anybody, make anybody to do anything they don't want to do. He's given us the spirit of free will. So what will you do? Life. Jesus said this. He said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Satan has come to seek, kill, and to destroy. So which one do you want? Your choice. Lord, I love you. Thank you for letting us gather together this morning.